Welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and this is episode 22. This week, I wanted to talk about something that was brought up during my interview with William Paul, um, which happened the week before last. And it's something that I haven't even thought about, and it's probably because it's something that I haven't faced, because I haven't been around children since I've been a vegan. I don't have children of my own. So I haven't had to face this. And I'm sure a lot of vegan parents out there... Oh, and before I continue, I want to shout out a couple of people who I heard from. Very grateful for them to writing emails. Um, Pete is the father of three vegan children. And he has his entire family is vegan. And it was lovely to know that Um, I know there are other families out there that have vegan children and I just I know that they must go through some things and that I can't relate to because I don't have children and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about today so anyway hi to Pete and thanks for writing to me and thanks for listening and for everything that you do Uh, just being a vegan and having vegan children who are healthy and um your your lovely wife is, is also vegan, so thank you so much for letting me know you're out there. And also, uh, Christian uh, wrote to me, and he's from, he lives in Chile, Chile, and he's German originally, and he has a uh, blog, and um, he was kind enough to write to me and put my link on his blog. I thank him for that. What I wanted to talk about today was something that other people probably have more experience with, but I certainly have an opinion on. Pretty much, of course, haha, pretty much everything that I talk about generally, the way I look at it, I'm just going to move my mic because I know there's, I've got a headphone mic and there's this annoying noise and I, there's nothing I can do about it because it's whenever my jaw, oh, it's just so annoying. But anyway, sorry about the little bumping noise. Not a lot I can do about it. All right. um, What I wanted to talk about today was something that I don't personally have a lot of experience with in my own life, like I say, because I don't have children and I haven't been around a lot of children since I um, went vegan because I went vegan right before I left New York. Um, Basically, it happened while I was just working so much to save the money to bring Buddha with me and my all, all the other expenses as well, you know, and um, I didn't see my friends a lot, and my best friends who have little children, there I didn't hardly see them, I got to see them maybe twice in the whole six months or whatever, because I was working seven days a week, and they have little children, but um, I haven't really been around a lot of little children since I became vegan, um, so it's not something that's ever come up, but one thing that William said in the interview is... He had an argument with a friend of his. He has a friend who they have quite heated discussions about the whole thing, apparently. Quite challenging discussions about veganism. And his friend provokes him and and, um, and spurs him into arguing with him. And I said that that's a good thing. I mean, you know, it keeps your it keeps your mind working. The guy, His friend is not a vegan and they have quite involved discussions about it, apparently. And one of the things that the friend said was... He asked him if he would raise his children vegan, and William said, yeah, he would. And then his friend said, you shouldn't force your ideas on your 
your children that's terrible i really want to address that and what i what i want to say is that i think pretty much everything that i talk about every aspect of what we're trying to open people's minds to with regard to veganism animal rights and the abolition of animal exploitation relates to the fundamental way that people see veganism the way that they see all other animals on the planet and the fundamental way that they view themselves on the planet and I think pretty much everything that we do is related to that which is why I try to change the fundamental way that um, people look at animals because I had to change the fundamental way that I looked at animals because I used to call myself an animal lover when I was eating animals and wearing leather and um, it's very nicely summed up um, uh, as per the abolitionist approach by moral schizophrenia trying to change people people's fundamental way because to me you know it's just absolutely shocking what and I I really hope that there are people out there who are doing I I think there is a lot of support out there for vegan parents who are raising their children vegan they support each other their 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 children are a good example and they're trying to get through these horrible myths in the media where um maybe some myth was created because um a child you know if a ta- a child dies of malnutrition and the child is just a neglected child of the non-vegan parents. The issue is not that they, you know they don't make an issue out of the fact that the child was was brought up non-vegan and therefore it's the non-veganness that killed the child. You know it was the neglect that killed the child. But if it was a child of vegan parents and they were misguided or they weren't you know whatever reason they had and their child died of malnutrition because there's been cases where children were malnourished, but it was through lack of um, not through, it was through lack of nutrition in general. It wasn't the fact that the child was vegan. It was only fed apple juice or something like that and died. Um, but the big f- thing behind the case was not that the parents were neglectful, not that the, you know, that they were whatever it is. It was about the fact that the child was vegan. So it's just, it is unfair. It is, it is an unfair thing that we're fighting against. And the attitude is, it doesn't surprise me because if you look at the attitude that people have, towards all other life they can't comprehend you know and veganism has been so stigmatized it drives me absolutely crazy when I go on a website any website that I go on now that uh, has some sort of pertaining to some sort of animal um, subject whether it is an animal rights you know website and I take I take you got to take that with a grain of salt as far as I'm concerned because I as far as I'm concerned uh, animal rights is abolition of animal use, not anything less. And then I I do a search for the word vegan on the on the sites because that is the word that sums up and ref represents abolition of of the use of non-human animals in every aspect. A lot of people confuse it with diet only, um, because you know the huge part of our consumption of animals, the most commonly known, the most commonly accepted part of our, of our use of animals is, is as food um, and um, so a lot of people do think that it is only diet because they don't even they can't even comprehend the point behind it because we need to educate them on it I mean that's what we need to do um, we need to educate uh, people to this um, to this concept and veganism is the only word that you can use because that's the only word that I know of unless somebody makes up another word. I mean veganism had to be made up. It's a made up word because vegetarianism became uh, corrupted or or whatever you call it with non-plant 
you know, um, material, vegetarianism is now you eat pretty much a lot of different things. So somebody invented the word veganism and um, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. I'm terribly well. I'm not a good. Re I'm not well researched, and I'm not very well prepared at the moment these days. And and I acknowledge that. I make I make a lot of mistakes, and I mix up websites and things. And I have no excuse. I'm I'm all over the place at the moment. But somebody made up this word, and I'm sure people know who he was. And the reason he had to make up the word was because vegetarianism no longer meant plant. You know, you ate plant food and you wore you know, you didn't wear animal products. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, I don't know any other word that, that works uh, to describe what the really true, what we're trying to do. And unfortunately, the word has been so stigmatized that even people who call themselves animal rights activists are too scared to use it. And I want to change that. There is no reason why the word vegan and the concept of veganism has been so stigmatized. We need to get away from the the the, the bad image that it has. Um, it's it's oh, it's just so frustrating this image that it has. It really, really is. And it and it is a serious issue. It's a serious issue. For example. Well, when you talk about when you talk to people who look at uh, people who are vegan, and uh, first of all, they're uninformed about the actual aspects of the diet. So when you're talking about the judgment of of people who are raising their children vegan, you're talking about ignorance of the reality of the diet and the health of the diet. Yeah, that that's ongoing, and and. Um, I've heard of some people who've been through some pretty terrible things trying to raise their children vegan with regard to this, the actions of society, the actions of the other parents involved, perhaps the actions of the relatives involved, and um, that that comes from lack of that comes from lack of information, that comes from misinformation, and it's our responsibility, if we care, to educate people about it because they don't know, they have no idea about the truth about how you can be perfectly healthy, you can raise a perfectly healthy baby. And in the world that we live in, it's viewed as abnormal. Um, that's only because we are such a small part of the population and because there's such a blanket wall of ignorance about the, what it really means. And it's viewed as radical. And even if animal rights people or animal welfare, or whatever, are too scared to even use the word because there's. Well, how are we ever going to? How's the word ever going to be? I mean, that's not a view to take. If everybody used that word like it was nothing, like it was normal, like it was yeah, it's a logical word to use. It's the only word that we have to use to describe it. It wouldn't be so stigmatized. It wouldn't be so radicalized. I'm not scared to use it. I use it at every opportunity I can because it's sickening to me that it's so stigmatized and so radicalized so unnecessarily. And I think that nowadays there's more um, people waking up to that. But um, I would like to present the idea about when you're talking to somebody and they accuse you of forcing your beliefs on your children because you're raising your children vegan, it just reinforces again how how much lack of information there is. I mean, what has everybody been doing for the last, when was the word vegan invented? I can't remember. Was it in the 70s? I mean, what's been going on? <laughs> why Why is this? It comes from many things. But we, you know, we are very able to change that. I remember Jordan was telling me once, one time, how where he's from, everybody thinks that vegans are, their only image of vegans is as total 
I mean, extremists with regard to the, even the way that they dress or their, you know, really radical um, image-wise. I mean, that they they they, they they have this image. I mean, when they look, I mean, he's just he's your average sort of straight. From what I can tell, from the way he describes himself and everything, he's pretty straight and narrow when it comes to uh, personal uh, appearance. Um, and he's not uh, all uh, punked out or shaved head or mohawks or anything like that. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody who's punked out is vegan. Obviously not. And I'm not saying that all vegans punked out. In fact, that's the point. But that was the image that people had down there. Of, of, of they think that you know you're an, it's it's almost as extreme as as a person who has multiple piercings to the point of self really extreme piercings. They're really really into piercings. I mean, I'm sure we've seen documentaries on them and stuff. I mean, there's some people who go really really far with the whole piercing thing, and and I'm just giving an example this is the image that people have of vegans with regard to they just they cannot they don't think that a, you know, a quote-unquote normal person I mean I hate to use the word normal it's just such a useless word but you know when you say normal you mean somebody who's not too radically um, off the mainstream or whatever in their fashion sense or whatever like that so that's the image that the people have where he's from of vegans and um, you know I think it's really useful for us that he's down there and he's um, you know presenting the truth it's just it's just a person like anybody else you can dress any way you want it's got nothing to do with how you dress it's got nothing to do with anything like that it's just a simple choice it's a moral choice but getting back to the way that uh, parents are accused um, it's just it's so, so, so sad because it just goes to show that people really don't have a clue what veganism is because veganism is non-violence and, it's, and it, it is a, a moral stand. It, it is, it is the, the moral choice of a person to not participate in what they view as immoral and unnecessary suffering of all of these innocent creatures and it is a, a healthy way to live for the for the um for the planet i mean i know i'm preaching to the choir here and i know everybody knows this but the problem is we can't be the only ones who know this so that's why i really am trying to get out there in the community and um educate people because for me if somebody says to you you're forcing your beliefs on your children um, when you're talking about somebody raising their, their children vegan, that comes from an ignorance. That comes from people thinking that you're being unhealthy, that you're forcing your children to be unhealthy because they seriously believe it's unhealthy to be vegan. And they seriously believe it's unhealthy for children to be vegan because they don't know. They are not educated about the actual health benefits. And we don't have enough, you know, they don't see it. They look around them and they see all these, I mean, you know, they look around them and they see all these obese children with type 2 diabetes. It's like... Well, wake up, you know, but whatever. I mean, I'm not an expert in nutrition, but I still think that it's terribly, terribly sad that we're still at the stage where people don't recognize the truth about whether another reason why I was so really trying to get through to William's school to get them to take him seriously and realize what kind of a decision it is. They thought it was just a fashion statement. They thought that he was just adopting, he was just going through a phase and, and he was just trying to get away with wearing his chucks to school or whatever like that. And they really don't recognize what it, what it really means. And the fact that you're in ch you're teaching your children to be nonviolent, you're teaching your children to respect life, to respect these animals, these creatures, these living creatures. It's peace. It's the promotion of peace and tolerance. I mean, if you're teaching your children not to be speciesist, then that already gives them a fundamental basis. So hopefully they can avoid because you know, when the society that we live in, they're inundated from all sides, especially in in the modern world. Hopefully they can avoid or learn their 
that part of their brain can be developed enough so that they learn to recognize racism and sexism and you know homophobia and all that where it exists and they have this baseline to resist that as well if you're teaching your children not to be speciesist um, and it's just like I said when I was interviewing Ronnie it was like if somebody's kid did something violent and or racist um, and you t and they and somebody observed you t or you told your friends I'm raising my child not to be racist they would all applaud you because they recognize that that is a it is a, a moral it is a good thing to, to teach your children they they look at you raising your child vegan and they're saying you're forcing your beliefs on your children um, because I believe that they're misinformed and they really believe that it's unhealthy um, the same way that a lot of people think that raising your your companion animals vegan is unhealthy now look most most companion animals, all breeds of them, um, the only ones who have any difficulty, like I said, is cats. And cats that are healthy and are raised and are thriving on a vegan diet, I mean, that's fantastic. And there's lots and lots of cats that are. Um, there's lots of really great vegan food out there. Um, I, and, um, I, want, I don't want the people who make vegan um, pet food to get upset with me. I know that there's great vegan pet food out there, but the bottom line is that a small percentage of cats can't do it. But the fact is, if your cat is thriving on a vegan diet, which many of them do, and is very, very healthy, then, you know, what right have these people got to say that you're, you know, doing something wrong? Only if your cat was unhealthy because of it, if you were one of the unlucky people whose cat, for whatever physiological reason, that particular cat couldn't thrive on a vegan diet and maybe had some health problems associated with that, and, you know, you'd have to, you know, that that's a, that's a dilemma that, that some people face. I mean, most people in the world aren't vegan, so they don't face it. You know, they don't face it. But that—that that is one. Um, a small percentage of cats do do go through that. I mean, it's just the fact that they're saying that you're forcing your beliefs. I mean, you know, we—you could turn around and tell them. I mean, if you wanted to be, in reality, we could turn around and say you're forcing your beliefs on them by feeding them meat. I mean, it's not about forcing your beliefs at all. Um, it is about raising them healthy. And the truth is, like, you know, if your kid gets to, you know, when your kids get to a certain age and they start to choose, hopefully they will choose to continue to be vegan. Hopefully they will grow up um, being vegan um, for their whole lives. I mean, I don't know the statistics of that. Um, I just know the peer pressure is immense. I know that society pressure is immense. And those are the things we need to turn around. We need to turn around society's attitude towards veganism or we don't have a hope in hell of ever 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 doing anything that is my solemn and utter conviction I am I have never been more sure of anything in my life so I um, I wish that more people would not be so scared of talking about this because we can't get any mainstream um, stuff to be honest even the big big groups with all the publicity and the money and the following and all this stuff they can't you know if they want to get on a, a mainstream TV or something like that either they don't or they get it it gets edited out any talk of veganism it's all about moving to you know, some other type of animal product. And that doesn't change the fundamental way that people look at these animals. You cannot help these animals if you're still looking at them as property, as lesser things, as things that we have a right to abuse at our whim. And the fact that we can choose to abuse them less does not negate the fact that we bottom line should not be abusing them at all and we shouldn't be using them at I should say we shouldn't be using them at all they shouldn't be our property and you nothing's going to change for them
if they're still considered as property as as things just like your car or your boat or your house or your you know your your glassware or your computer i mean these are living things we talk about we recognize that human beings living human beings are morally should not be the property of of another human being and we need to wake people up to the fact that that should apply to all sentient beings and it has nothing to do with we need to wake up that part of people or we won't get anywhere and you'll have people looking at somebody who's healthy and who has healthy children who's teaching teaching their children non-violence um, tolerance um, appreciation of nature respect for all life and they're going to tell them they're forcing their beliefs on their children we gotta we gotta change that or nothing's gonna change and not you know we can we're not gonna change that unless we stop stigmatizing this word and we have to help um, you know I really I really respect people who are raising their children vegan um, I I know I I personally have heard of of some people who have been through absolute hell in dealing with issues forced on them by people who saw what they were doing as the wrong thing to do who who saw it as forcing their beliefs on their children I mean you know we could turn around like I say and equal, I mean it's it's a, that is a ridiculous thing to say forcing your beliefs on your children um if you're feeding them a healthy diet and you're teaching them not to you know partake in this and another thing is it's their world I mean you know I don't I sh I can't even I don't even really know if anybody's been paying attention to what I, I pay I pay a lot of attention to what the the big news stories are you know when you listen to the news when you listen to like the BBC world there's so many things going on in the world. There's so many wars. There's so many disasters. Um, there's just so many things to cover, and you know the and and it's so easy. It kind of just turns into a big sort of because it's like one story after another. But I always pay attention to to the to the when the environmentalists who get a chance to um, speak about the future of, of you know the our water supplies and and things like that and there I mean there's literally figures coming out and I know people people sort of take this with a grain of salt and they say oh what a load of nonsense and all that they don't think that it's possible they can't I think it's perfectly possible that these people are right and for one thing they're none of them are vegan they don't even talk about veganism at all when it comes to talking about this but you know there's dire warnings coming out from leading scientists and I know there's big debates and I'm not I'm not a scientist so please don't think I'm trying to sit here and be a scientist but I listen to these stories and they're saying you know by the year 2025 you know and they're talking doom and disaster they're talking like this you know the wars that we're seeing today over territory or religion are going to be nothing compared to the wars that we're going to see uh in 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 the next you know few decades i mean they're not even giving it a very long time um over water over water water's going to be the main thing and then they and they talk about um you know uh it will be irreversible damage you know to to our um environments to the point of we're talking the sustainability of life i mean if people people don't even realize the effect that fishing has on on the ocean 
uh, do a research on fish. Go, you know, Greenpeace is a good one. The effect of just our consumption of fish. Okay, all you vegetarians who eat fish, and I was one of them. Just the consumption to feed however many. Damn headphones. Just the consumption to feed the however many of us there are in this world that eat fish. Um, the effect on the ocean is it's we're killing the ocean. We are killing it. And anybody who loves whales and loves dolphins and eats fish, if you love sea turtles, you know, they all get killed in these nets and the facts are out there. You don't have to believe me. And I know, like I say, I'm preaching to the choir. But these are the kinds of things that people don't... It doesn't get a lot of publicity. And like what I was trying to get at was when you listen to it on the BBC, it's followed by another story after another story after another story. And it just sounds like another kind of phantasmagorial uh, fantasy. I just sound, it sounds like another, it's like another blip on the radar. And you're just listening to it. But I, my ears prick up when I hear those ones, you know, because I'm... I am very much paying attention to the um, the environmental stories that come out there, that are out there, and the you know it's pretty scary stuff. Uh, it's pretty scary stuff. I haven't seen an inconvenient truth, um, but I just listen to the news, and then these there's these stories from these scientists, and then they sort of get, and then next you know this terrible earthquake over here killed this many people, and then next so it's like another news story, but those are the kinds of things that are, as we know, the environmental damage. And these are these people's children. Anybody who has children, it's their future. I'm lucky enough to live in a world where I can just go over to the sink and turn on fresh water. I mean, for one thing, I'm lucky enough to live in a country that's a wealthy country. New Zealand is a very wealthy country. And um, so I don't think there's anybody in this country that doesn't have fresh water unless they're living somewhere on an island of their own choice and they just don't want to deal with it. They choose to live without these kinds of things. But I live in a country where you can just turn on the tap anywhere. No matter if you're on welfare, you still got fresh running water. Ask the people in the Calcutta slums what it's like, you know, to not have running water. And um, and now imagine, and it's it's unfair that they don't have running water. Um, but it's um, the people who are controlling a lot of the world's resources are living in countries where there is running water and they're going to get a big surprise the day they go to their tap and nothing comes out and I think this is very real I think our pollution of the waterways is a needs to be taken seriously and as anybody who's gone vegan and done some research on it knows, a huge amount of pollution is caused by animal agriculture. So I think that anybody who meets somebody who has vegan children, who is in a fully vegan family, should be thanking those people, saying thank you, because they're helping everybody, not just them, you know, not just themselves and their children. And it's just education. It's so important. We, we we need to educate people. We need to do this. If you care about animals, if you care, we have to change the way people look at them. We have to wake people up to the fact that they're sentient and they f are valid and it's not fair. It's not right. There's no words to describe what we're doing to them. 
Um, one of the there's something I read by um, somebody. Um, I'm just trying to remember where I read it. And they said, and it's one of the things that stuck in my mind for a very long time, and I, I often think of it, I, I, it was something that really rung, a, rung something inside me. They said that our treatment of animals is going to be our, our saddest legacy, our most shameful legacy as a species, no matter what comes in the future. Um, it is, and I, and I fully agree, I think that that is a very good way of putting it. It's, 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 it's um... I mean, we have a lot of sad legacies um, of what we've done in a lot of ways, but this is the scale of what we're doing is monstrous. And people are asleep, and the word vegan has been stigmatized, and everybody's too scared to use it, and people are too scared to offend people, and they're saying, Well, I don't want to, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. When it comes to my family, I just had an experience today. We were all sitting around. Oh, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, it's my mother's birthday, and I went over. Uh, I arranged to go over there and spend the day with her. And I said I would bring lunch, and um, of course, and cook for her because I didn't want her to cook or do anything. I wanted to spoil her a little bit. And then I found out my cousins were coming. My uncle and auntie. I thought it was just my uncle and auntie. It was my uncle and auntie, and it was my other uncle and my other my cousin, and they all came up. Um, but I had brought enough food. I made a big pot of of this Provencal stew from this recipe book that I have, and it has chickpeas in it, and it has vegetables, and it's delicious. It has, oh, it was really delicious. I I haven't made. I'm just learning how to cook. Ever since I got sort of my own place and I got my own kitchen, um, I'm really getting into cooking. Also, being vegan and all the wonderful cooking that's out there. And it had fennel seeds crushed up, and it had saffron in it. It was just delicious. But anyway, no. I made I made it. I made enough for everybody because I knew they were coming up for lunch. And the whole point was that they were going to come up and relax. My mother wasn't going to cook, and um, I was going to take lunch for everybody. And I especially, really desperately want to do that because I want it to be vegan. I, I want it to be vegan. You know, I don't want there to be a dead, slaughtered animal carcass to be spent on this meal if I can help it. I'd rather it was a vegan meal. And so I knew that they were coming and I and I wasn't sure if they were surprising my mother or not, so I didn't say anything and unfortunately they she did know they were coming and she thought I didn't know they were coming. So when I arrived with and I literally had I bought some cookies from the vegan store that were vegan cookies so we could all have like cookies on plates because they like to have stuff like that you know they like to have cookies and stuff with cups of tea and coffee and stuff like that so I brought the cook everything I got as much as possible a huge loaf of bread I took a huge pot of stew um, over and we were going to have couscous with it and it would have been plenty of food even for my cousins and my uncles who, who love to eat and it would have been delicious uh, but when I got there there was on the bench was a chicken because my mother thought that I didn't realize they were coming and she cooked for them and they're not vegan they're not vegetarian obviously and maybe I could do more with my family I, and I don't want to be a hypocrite I know it's hard I know it's hard to talk to people about this with regard to their reactions it's easier for me to talk to strangers or friends than it is to talk to my mother or my family I mean they're very my family's wonderful people you know nobody who is talking about veganism is trying to say that people are bad people. They're just asleep and they're just morally confused. And I was too. And it's the truth. It's not being superior or supercilious or, oh, you know, I'm better than them. I mean, I think that's the wrong attitude for people to take. And I do read a lot of stuff by vegans who think they're like better than everybody else. 
if I sound different, it's because I had to go answer the phone. That's the wrong attitude for people to take, as we know. Um, but the, what I'm trying to say is that even if I if I don't do nearly as much um, direct um, activism with my family, talking to them about it, um, I've tried many times with my mother, and um, I've mentioned things to her before, and um, it's just kind of like this blah. It's like people, you know, we spent the whole day talking about cats and how wonderful cats were, and everybody, and inside me was the words you know, you guys are talking about, well, to be honest, they look at their cats a little differently than I look at their cats. They look at their cats as just a cat and lesser than them, and most people do. That's why I say we have to change. But what I'm trying to say is that the one thing that I'm not, that I am unwavering about, and the one thing that I'm really, you know, on top of trying to be more able to really talk to people and get people to open their mind to this as much as possible is I never ever ever compromise on telling them that I'm a vegan. I don't care if they feel uncomfortable or if it makes them nervous. I mean if I'm sitting around the table and there's a carcass of a bird on the table and everybody's eating the bird and then they're saying have some chicken, I say no, I'm a vegan. So I never back down from that, and I'm because I'm trying. You know, we need to stop stigmatizing this word. And like I say, some people allow you to talk to them, and some people don't. But the more people we get, the more people we get to realize that veganism is not crazy, and it's not extreme, and it's not radical. Then it won't be sort of such an. And it is an uncomfortable subject because people realize, you know, when they really do realize uh, what what they're doing and what you're not doing. I mean, it does make people feel uncomfortable, but I don't, I, their feelings, even of my most dearest loving people in the world, um, their feelings are not anything compared to what these animals are going through, so I never compromise on, on um, telling people that I'm a vegan, and I never compromise, if somebody says, please just try a piece of this cake, I spent hours baking this cake, you know, no matter what, I'll, I just say no, I will never eat anything that's not vegan, and when I go over to um, to eat with, with other people, I don't care if they feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but I don't necessarily get the chance to talk about it as much as possible. But I also don't sit there and be all angry or depressed or 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 hounding them. I just eat my food. I try to share my food with them. I try to show them how delicious it is. I try to um, be healthy and set a good example and um, not be a, an unapproachable person. Um, you know, I'm still working on how to to let people allow me to talk about it with them more because people don't allow you to talk about it with them as much as other some people don't allow you to as much as other people because it makes them so uncomfortable and they close down the conversation and they walk away and they get upset and then I remember I was talking with Gary Francione and I, I would like to learn from him he says you know you can't leave people off the hook too easily because this is so important so I'm trying to learn these things those are the kinds of things I'm trying to learn but the one thing that I really think that we all need to do and um, no matter what culture you're from, no matter what your family's like, no matter what your friends are like, is you always very clearly use that word vegan. And you tell them why. If it makes them uncomfortable, then that, then that's fine. Um, but And you know, you can't compromise on what you eat because then you're sending a bad image. I remember I was looking on somebody's website, and I can't remember who it was, or somebody told me they, oh, there's, a, there's some some website where they're making fun of this guy because he he was a kid who was who was living with them 
and he was a vegan and then he was he bowed down to the peer pressure of living with there were a bunch of teenage guys I think and he stopped being a vegan because they were giving him so much stuff about it so then that made them respect him even less and that made them respect veganism even less and they used that they say it's all crap because this guy didn't even stay vegan well obviously their log their thinking is wrong I mean you know just because he stopped being vegan because he couldn't take the the, the pressure doesn't mean that I mean it really doesn't mean anything except that exactly what happened was that he you know he wasn't conv- he didn't have enough conviction in his beliefs obviously but we can't compromise that word so even if you're a person who doesn't really like to engage and and argue with people deal with these uncomfortable situations that arise when you try to talk to people about something that makes them feel very uncomfortable and guilty and they just don't I mean it's a they don't like to face the truth because it's, it's it tells them something about themselves that they don't want to know maybe that you know and if I love it when people argue with me about um, who with it, who argue with me who try to say why you should not be vegan why you should eat meat because I find that very easy to argue with because I find the logic of the arguments of abolition um, the logics they make perfect sense to me so I have a very easy time talking about them with people but I never compromise on the message I never ever compromise on when I'm allowed to talk about it to some, with somebody who allows me to actually talk about it for more than one second I never compromise on the message and the message is veganism you don't use animals you don't eat them you don't wear their skin if you care about animals you you know and and we all should care about animals we all should every single one of us should as an obligation even if you don't like animals even if you they you're you find them abhorrent and disgusting some people just don't like animals they just find them weird or or you know they just don't like them they find them alien in some way well even if you don't like them you still should realize the immorality of you know just because you don't like something doesn't mean that you have the right to torture it and kill it and everything we're just talking about the basic fundamentals of morality here not personal you know likes and dislikes so that's what we need to get um, in touch with people on and that's what I try to do so even if when I'm not allowed to talk to people or they don't well, when I said not allowed to talk if they just cut the conversation off and they just shut me down well that's a position that's you know you just sort of kind of I'm still learning different ways to deal with it. I never, um, I, I don't get abusive. I don't force, you know, you don't want to turn people um, from ever talking to you again. And like I've had different experiences in the beginning. I remember when I first started my podcast, I said people always come back. Well, I haven't, I haven't been getting out much lately in this. And, um, and so I've had very little contact with um, new people, unfortunately, just because I've been um, doing this intensive studying and I'm kind of, Oh, I don't know. I don't get out much. But when I do, everybody, all three people that I'm studying with, I'm studying with three people who are helping me with this uh, interpreting that I'm doing, and they're all um, they're all native Spanish speakers, and we're we're all we're doing interpreting exercises. Every, all three of those people know I'm a vegan, and they know why, and that's where it starts. And um, we haven't really gotten into a talk about veganism, but one of them was interested in it because she brought it up and I'm we next time I talk to her we're going to talk about it she brought up said how do you um you know how do you nourish yourself she said where do you get your nourishment so there was an opportunity she was allowing me to talk to her about it about something basic to do with the health how you how do I get my nourishment because she really just I mean she's met me and she sees that I'm not wasting away into nothing and I have a lot of energy so she you know she's already curious well gosh you know I never knew that you could um, not eat animal products and you could have energy so I'm you know the other people really didn't ask me any more questions or anything like that but everybody knows I'm a vegan and I always I will never compromise on that word and it just infuriates me it really does that this word is so stigmatized and I think it's 
it's just something that we all need to change and a lot of people are doing that and I really am grateful to those people um, um, who do that um, you know a lot of the I find that the you know people who are promoting um, animal welfare reform are hesitant to use their word because it doesn't go along with I mean you cannot you know veganism is you don't need animals period that's it you don't need them so they don't do that they'll say it's better to not eat meat but if you are going to eat meat eat this kind of meat and I refuse to do that I refuse to do that so I really love when there's vegan this, vegan that. We need to stop stigmatizing that word. That word needs to become a commonly used word. It needs to become a political word in a way, in the way that it gets the respect and the consideration so kids in schools can wear vegan clothing, even if it's not mandated by the uniform and it won't even be considered to be radical. Um, we need it We need so that people know what that means and that all that takes is more people you know, happily using that word. And even if you're not a person who likes to engage in arguments, and you just want to avoid any kind of conflict or any kind of uncomfortable situation, you can easily do that. But I, I beg, I wish that it wasn't such a stigmatized word and that people wouldn't compromise it and say, um, well, you know, my culture, in my culture, it's insulting to refuse the, the, the food that's being offered. I don't care if it's insulting to the culture because this is a moral issue to me. So I one thing, like, you know, I'm ready for anything like that. Like, my mother knows that very, very clearly, not that it's ever come up. But, you know, if it came down to her feelings, and I love my mother, if it came down to her feelings in that moment or my veganism, I'm sorry, I don't care if it insults you that I'm not going to eat your food this is more important to me. I am a respectful person though, but you have to respect this, this this veganism because it's something that should be respected and taken seriously. So when it comes to that word, when it comes to the concept, we can't compromise on it because it sends the wrong message. It doesn't send a consistent message and people still don't get it. People still don't even know what veganism is or why people are vegan. They just It's kind of like this cloudy kind of like they really don't understand. And until we get more and more people very, very clearly illustrating what it actually really is, and that takes people using the word and not being scared to use the word because there's nothing scary about the word. And it's so wrong that it's been so radicalized and so marginalized, you know? So anyway, um, I got off topic, didn't I? But basically, part of the it does have to deal with that though, because when people, t you know, talk about people raising their kids vegan and they say you're forcing your beliefs, they think that it's this radical, insane belief. Um, they don't know what it really means. And I think a lot of it, like I say, a lot of it has to do with the kids is the health thing. So yeah, even though I, do, I don't, I don't tell people to go vegan for the health reasons, you do have to educate yourself about the health reasons because that is a lot of the reasons why people think that it's wrong to go vegan or they think that um, it's wrong for children to be raised vegan because they are unaware of the truth of the health issue. I always stress the ethical issues um, why you should, you know, raising your children vegan is, is raising them ethically, you know, um, making a conscious decision to raise them according to your ethics and it's a good ethic. I mean, it's not, you're not raising them to be in any way that's that's going to do anything detrimental to society. In fact, if only society would wake up and realize that it's helping society, it's helping all of us. Anybody who drinks water and breathes air, it's helping them, the more people that go vegan. Um, you know, so it's, it's 
obviously vegan vegan parents get a lot of support from from other vegans in the community and they get a lot of support from from um from yeah just well i guess just from other vegans in the community because you have grandmothers trying to force feed their grandchildren meat because they think it's wrong for their parents to raise a vegan then you have people saying you shouldn't be forcing your beliefs onto your kid so the, this is because this word has become so stigmatizing because people are so unaware, unaware of what it means. Um, you know, I almost want to... Anyway, I, I really... I, I love hearing about vegan families. I love seeing healthy vegan children being raised, getting rid of all the stigma, um, getting rid of all of the, mis, the, the misinformation out there. And, um, you know, trying to help not stigmatize that, that word. I am literally going to get vegan tattooed on my shoulder. I just don't have the money. But I have a, I have one tattoo in my life. I, I only ever got one tattoo. Um, New Zealand is the most ca tattooed nation per capita. It's part of the Maori culture as well. And a lot of Pacific Islands cultures actually. So tattoos in my country are very common. And it's not no big deal at all. And I got one when I was like 20. And I designed it myself. And it's pretty much faded away. But it's on my the top of my shoulder. Well, that's irrelevant, but anyway, and I'm going to get vegan tattooed on me. I'm dying to get it tattooed on me, uh, and I want people to see it. And I was thinking the other day about a career, and I was thinking how great it would be to do a something. I really, I don't know. I want to do more. I want to do more. This is so important. We need to, um, this word needs to be, with this, we need to be, we need to do everything that we can to help these animals and I would love to do more than I'm doing uh, I feel like I'm not doing anything at all um, but that's not to say that I'm not and, and also obviously being vegan you know is, is the best form of activism that there is and just always telling people that you are I mean it comes up anyway like most of the time when you're um I've changed a little bit from when I first started doing my podcast because I guess it's because I've been so isolated lately and I maybe I've forgotten what it's like to be in social interactions. I did go to a party and like I said I had this conversation with this woman and she it was oh it was my it was very stressful. Oh and I did that chorus as well. I'm all over the place. I need to stop. I guess I'll just I just really want to stress how important it is that we stop stigmatizing this word and it's up to us that are really pushing vegan education to do it because a lot of people are stigmatizing this word just go on the websites and look for vegan on the front pages of their huge welfare campaigns and you won't find it believe me you're not going to find that word you're going to find it on their site somewhere but not on the you'll see things like maybe you should choose to not eat meat well not eating meat and veganism is not the same thing. So, oh, if only, if only we would have more people just educating people about the abolition of animal use and and how we can look at them the way they they need to be looked at. And we are all capable of it. Everybody is, even people who don't like animals, uh, on an on an aesthetic level, you know, on a personal level. I mean, there are people who don't want animals in their homes, and there shouldn't be animals in people's homes. We've already, I agree with that. But even those people, if you appeal to the logic of their brain, you talk about abolition and you talk about rights of sentient beings, it makes sense. 
it makes sense. Alright, I'm going to go and I will be back next week. Thanks for listening. And my email address is nzveganpodcast at me.com and my website is nzveganpodcast.blogspot.com and um, I know I have uh, I have some links to all different kinds of stuff on there and I'm not a, I don't do a lot of research on whenever anybody promotes my blog or writes to me I I'm very happy and I I put a link to their to their website and um and I don't do a whole big background check to make sure that they're um fully 100% abolition message and so I maybe I should do that but please anybody who who listens to me please realize that I am an abolitionist vegan and it's I hate labels so much but unfortunately unfortunately it has to be said and if I if I link to anything that might contradict my views um, then I hope you realize that it's just because I'm not as thorough and I don't do a lot of um, I'm very unorganized at the moment alright I'll be back next week thanks for listening bye